Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. This week's episode of The Green Rush is a special one for many reasons. The tagline of this show is that The Green Rush sits at the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. And boy, does this show hit all three components square in the nose. Hard. Lewis got the opportunity to sit down with Iron Mike Tyson and his business partner, Rob Hickman, to talk about boxing, hot boxing, their new cannabis venture, Tyson Ranch, Mike's experience with a unique ethnogenic medicine called 5-MeO-DMT, and lots and lots of other fascinating stuff. This was not Lewis's first sit down with Mike. Back over the winter, Lewis had the chance to speak with Mike and Rob about what they're building out in Palm Desert with Tyson Ranch, and due to some technical challenges, the audio files were lost. So he hopped back on a plane to Los Angeles in March to recreate their conversation. If you're a fan of boxing, the hangover movies, or pop culture from the 80s and 90s, then Mike Tyson likely holds an outsized position in your memory. If you're too young to really know who he was, who he is and has become is quite inspiring. This is truly an episode you're not going to want to sit back for. Rather, lean forward. Now on to our conversation between Lewis and Mike Tyson. Over the past 80 episodes or so of recording The Green Rush with Anne, Nick, and Shay, we've been lucky enough to speak to some of the biggest names in cannabis. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with one of the biggest celebrities in the world, Mike Tyson. Now, if you are anywhere near my age, and I recently turned 49, Mike Tyson had an outsized impact on my, your, our perception of celebrity and sports, the media, and so many other things. If you never had the luck to see Mike fight in his prime, you really missed out. Growing up, for me, Boxing was still huge, and the heavyweight champion of the world was the biggest celebrity in sports. Names like Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Joe Norton were huge names. I mean, people around the world knew these men. They followed their every move. It may be hard to believe now, but, it, but if you follow the mixed martial arts or, or the NBA or any other sport, none of these celebrities ever approached the status of a heavyweight champion. As big as LeBron James is today globally, Mike Tyson dwarfed him in celebrity. Now, growing up, I loved boxing. I can't explain why, but I did. And I loved watching the fights on HBO and NBC. And, and I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen anybody fight with the raw power, aggression, and intimidation that Mike Tyson brought to the ring. While he almost always won, and at the end of his career, he, he really wasn't the same man, um, in the ring, he was unbelievable. But where he really won his fights was in the lead-in. Mike was the most prepared, intimidating fighter I ever saw. And I would argue that he was the last truly globally relevant boxer. Now, Mike's career ended 10, 15 years ago. And um, his post-fight career has truly been a fascinating one to watch. It's been a way for him to expand his personality to rebrand and reshape himself from his one-man shows to his role in The Hangover. Tyson has pivoted away from boxing to become an entertainer and to bring a whole new generation of fans into his sphere. And when I say into his sphere, having met and spent time with Mike Tyson, he is truly a magnetic personality. 
Now, when I was scheduling time to meet with him, I had some concerns about talking to Mike, about who he was as, a, as an individual. You know, I did my research. I watched all the, the, the documentaries. I watched clips of him doing interviews, and I was, I was nervous. You know, he grew up in deep, soul-crushing poverty amongst crime and violence. And then he lived his life in a violent profession. So I expected that when I met them, when I met him, that there would be a significant undertone of anger and violence to his personality. And, and what I encountered was exactly the opposite, a truly deep, soulful, and spiritual person. And I'll tell you, walking away from the Tyson interview, I now have a new respect for him and for his journey. And I hope you get as much out of listening to this conversation as I did in having it. So no more Lewis introspection. It's on to my chat with Iron Mike Tyson and his partner, Rob Hickman. So when I saw you last, you had just done the toad. Yes. Have you done it again since then? I've done it, yeah, quite a few times since then. Yeah? A couple, like, three weeks ago or something, that fact, I just did it. I'm dying to try it. Oh, man, this is incredible. It's just, un- it's just inconceivable to think about. You just don't believe what goes on. You know, you can't even... Con- so, you know, it's, when I met you the first time, I was, I was like, thinking you're going to have a hard edge to your soul, like anger, because I know you led a rough life, dude. And it's not. You're just a gentle soul, and it's really beautiful. Hey, you know, um, I don't know. That guy, that doc, that guy, that doc guy sent me, took me to a lot of places. You know, that's what I was, I was, um, what was I doing? I tracked that energy, that dark energy. Actually, talk about this. I want to hear. So, you were, you had this dark energy. You're saying? Yeah, I used to always wish I was. Um, how do I say this? I used to always pray to God, and you know, in my subconscious, that I, and I used to read about all the the meanest guys. I tell her the Hun Hannibal, um, fucking Genghis Khan, I tell her the you know Kublai Khan, all the guys, Bella Sellers, Charlemagne, um, Charles Martel. Yes, the bad. I mean, the baddest motherfucker, shocker, the baddest motherfucker God could ever create. Think about creating is just not. And um, I used to always pray that I could read about them. I'd be like them. Just people would be in fear well, you of me. Were one of them. Like, yeah, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted people to be in fear. Of me. I used to think of the attacks that psychologically, you, you know, um, present fear. I used to be in, just so insecure. I wanted to be a tough guy so bad because I used to get bullied all the time, and I wanted to be bullied, be able to bully people. And I just um. So was your fighting a way to fight back at the bullies? Big time. People ever humiliated me in some way, make me feel less of a human being. And when you were in the ring, even if even if the fighter that you were fighting had never wronged you, you channeled that anger at them. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know. Did you ever feel bad when you just annihilated somebody? Like you just like Michael Spinks, thirty-one seconds, right? You come in here and you see the video now. There is abject fear in his eyes and you kicked the shit out of him did you did you feel bad at that time no um how do i say this i want to say this without being animalistic no, I, be you. I wanted to inflict pain on him that's mm-hmm. what i wanted to do i wanted him to feel which is more important i wanted him to you know me think of me doing it more than me feeling it you know because yeah, you beat him before he was even yeah it's all psychological and and now, do you have any relationship with any of the guys that you fought? You know, I have loved anybody I ever fought. And sometimes if it's necessary, I apologize for things I did and said right. at that particular time. So at the end of your career, 
you know, I've, I've watched all the videos on you. You know, I, I, you're not much older than me. You're 54? 52. 52, so I'm 49, right? So you're, you, like, growing up, you were, you defined a large part of my childhood and, and you were the biggest celebrity ever. And now you're a completely different human. Do you, when you look back, do, do you recognize the guy that you were? Listen, um, back to the toad. Last time I did the toad and um, something really bizarre happened to me. I felt the pain of everybody I ever hurt. Wow. What was that like? Totally emasculated, overwhelmingly guilty and just, whoa. And when you came out of it, how did that change you? I was, I was, I was, um, I was asking for a lot of forgiveness. I hope you get it, man. I think, like, this is the second time I've had the opportunity to sit across the table from you and talk. And I, th I really, like... I like you, man. I Thank you. I love you as you, well, brother. I'm not saying I'm like. No, I understand, brother. Right, yeah. I understand. You know, since the total, I understand um, the power of love and the lack of the power of love. It's amazing. You know, I, I've been thinking about the toad and, and other like psilocybin, you know, mush, mushrooms, because we're all going through shit. Whoa, but listen again, I have to tell you something. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Once you do the toad, you're totally vulnerable. Everything you think you had, I think you it out. But it's out to nobody, you don't see, but it's out. And you're feeling the feeling that you feel with your secret that everybody in the world that you know and care and love, no secrets that you don't want them to know and everybody knows it. And the, the energy that, that everyone knows it and you're feeling the pain that you would feel knowing that they would know it. Not what they would think, but knowing how you would feel that they, if they would know it. Mm -hmm. And it was like that and it was like, fuck. It's medicine, yeah, right? it's like, fuck, it's just, whoa, man. It's like dying, you die, you no longer exist. You, you know, you feel, but you don't see, you have nothing. It's just energy. Wow. And that's, that's um, it's just really coming at you. It's like a thousand years of experience coming to you in 15 minutes. Do you like yourself more now than you did before you started trying the toad? Oh, 100%. Because I had a, I'm, I'm, I've been given to understand to really find out who this is. You know, not that I do, but I have an idea. I've, I've became acquainted with this now. That's why mm -hmm. I've, I, I've been volunteering to do it often because I'm, I'm really interested in finding out who this is and what is this all about. And I feel if you don't get in touch with this, you have a wasted life. I, I agree. So listen, 49, I'm 52, 49. It's over. It's almost over. I'm, you know, I feel the same way because we're on the backside, right? We have less in front of us than we have behind us. And we have a responsibility to make every minute left meaningful. But how do you know that if you don't know you? Sometimes think, think of this. That's what I've come to think about since I told. Who am I? What am I doing here? What is my reason? Why am I here? And do you, do you have a better sense of that? I think the only thing I know from being dealing with the toads, my biggest experience with the world is being one with everything. Being on the toad, I was one with everything. I felt every feeling in the world. I could feel anything I ever drug I ever took. I felt that feeling, cigarettes from, from when I was a little boy, anything I ever done, I felt all the energy. Oh, just incredible. 
the feeling and the emotions that you feel. And I realize that we're just a species. We have a, a certain deadline at which we have to expire and all this. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep that going after the experience? Like you've come down from doing the toad. How do you keep that feeling of, of being one with everything now, right? Because you're not on the toad now. You're sitting here. Um, I keep in touch. I keep in touch with some of the greatest um, philosophers on consciousness mm -hmm. and, like, their, and their philosophy on consciousness and subconsciousness and so the afterlife. Uh, Rob Hickman, Mike's partner, just joined us. Hey, Rob, how are hey, you? Hey, how are you? First of all, as I said to Mike, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, I don't, I don't take it for granted. Um, You've also tried the toad. You're the person, I think, who introduced Mike yeah. to... Yeah, a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. How did it impact on your life? It impacted my life. What happened to me is I had had a severe case of Mercer. I guess all cases of Mercer are severe, but mine was last rites severe. And through a bunch of medical work and blood transfusions and certain drugs, I was able to get better. But my one doctor who kept telling me in my head that, you know, you, you, don't, you can beat this as opposed to dying, so... But when I was had my last row, I was in a coma for, I think, six days. And at that point, I felt like I experienced an opportunity to go one or two ways. And when I came out, I told the one doctor, the one kept telling me, <laughs> the one kept telling me I'm If you gonna, want, I'll cut that out. Yeah, maybe. Just his name. Because he said I was going to die. And then Dr. Tonneman from the Mayo Clinic said I'm going to live. I picked Tonneman. The <laughs> <Good> choice. <laughs> And that was eight and a half years ago. But right after that, he hooked me up with this, some referrals to some this Indian doctor who was interested. And I started telling her about my experience, the near-death experience. And she says, hey, um, there's a thing called 5-MeO-DMT. I'm like, well, what's that? She says, if you want to experience it again, you can. And it could open up things and get you more prepared because still they're giving me three months to live. So I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I'll do it. I didn't care. I'll try anything. And I did it, and it was a pretty good dose, and it whacked me out pretty good and I had to experience even more because I was conscious to this one as opposed to being in a subconscious state of a coma it was a lot more vivid wait did they give you five MEO no you yeah were... I had a natural occurrence oh, you had a natural of it. Experience. yeah I felt like I was slipping okay I was shallow breathing they had me on a respirator I was in a morgue that everybody was dying in so I thought so there was a chance I was either going to die or live and I made it through that night and that's when my doctor came in and tried some wonder drugs with me Anyhow, it was a special thing. And then after that, my son was battling with a lot of addictions and I couldn't get him to do it, but I was just hoping I could. So I found other like people that were, I was, I was a major drinker at the time prior to all this, I haven't drank since uh, that incident for sure. But, um, and behavior was all not right. Successful in a weird way, but not successful at all. You were successful exterior, but not on the inside. Yeah, horribly beaten inside and separated, divorced and, you know, just running through the thing. and. So it was the only thing that I, I, I reached for it and I found it and then it just reset me into a whole new way of the way I look at things in life and then put people through that are on addiction and watching them get major lives back and um, then Mike and I were... Well, how, how did you guys meet? I met Mike a few times over the years over his career because of the Hollywood business and casting him and being in the peripherals of some of that. Mm -hmm. um, but then about four and a half years ago, we reconnected and literally personally connected and then I start to meet his family and his infrastructure that was around him and seeing what type of person he had become and mm. I said that's a guy I could do something cool with and then we collaborated together and that's how we did it and at what point did you say to Mike 
you really should try this. Yeah, I didn't. I, it's hard to talk about any things that I was doing. I didn't want to tell anybody about what I did. Everybody just thought I wouldn't tell people. How did it work? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I didn't say anything. But I had a friend, Doug Marshall, who is uh, who happened to know a new shaman who was bringing and administering 5-MeO, who was helping me with a couple of my close people that were doing it that were getting off drugs and alcohol. And I said, why don't I have him in for a podcast with Mike? That's it. Nothing more. I heard that. That was the that. first. That was a long time ago. But but you did that on Hotboxing, right? Yeah. He did it between episodes. It, yeah, we flew. It, we had to fly away and then come back and do it. It was. It was. I have to tell you, when I heard that, it blew. I, it, I, everything that you're doing, the thing that most fascinated me was that experience of hearing you talk about that experience because while we're we're going to talk about the business of cannabis i think you know everybody in the world has a picture of you right and it's not the man that you are today it's the man i think that you you were before i really think it's important for people to understand who you are now i'm a, i'm so who i am you know i'm really getting in touch with you know my soul my spirit with who i am and um I'm finding a lot of resounding, um, you know, outcomes of who I am and what I believe I am and what I believe I've come from. Matter of fact, do you see yourself attracting different people to you now? Absolutely, because I, I, I my, my agenda is to attract these people with me. It's, it's cool. Mike, Mike has an attraction for every person. It's a weird. He's a magnet of attraction. It's depend. He now picks and chooses who he wants to be attracted to or who he wants to relate to, because mm-hmm. you know not everybody in our lives are have the best intentions for us. No, I can see that people would want to take advantage of you. You've been taken advantage of many times by people who claim to love you. So that's a long time ago. That's never going to happen again. I don't put mm-hmm. myself in that position. You know, thank the God. He absolutely so doesn't. He he is he. Back then, he had a mission to do a job, mm-hmm. and he did it. He did it to the best of anybody's ability in the world forever, right? Yeah. He didn't have a business of being a businessman. He didn't have a business of raising a family. It all just started happening. And now I have all this money. I got to understand business. I have kids. I got to. That's none of that was prepared when you and I had a different look at what we got. I had a family. Yeah. I I, I said, oh, that's the four staples of life. This is what you do. Hey, not him. So you take that, but what he's done is he got to see extraordinary things by being that almost free is the way I look at Mike but I look at Mike now as he's evolved for four years I'm not saying he was running through he was running through maybe some states over these four years where he wasn't as happy as he was I think he's now finding more of a peace and not too high not too low status of life where he's just grooving and his awareness in business is un, it's, it's it could he could run a fortune 500 company and people can sit there and laugh at me I know it I know he makes instinctual decisions that are smart. Can you talk about what your business is now? Yeah. What are you guys doing? Well, we're doing right now. We're um, uh, within a year, eighteen months. We're about to open up a state-of-the-art, first-of-its-kind, um, cannabis-friendly um, resort. Tyson Ranch. Yes. And where is it? And it's in the Palm Springs. Um, that it. Um, Hot Springs. Palm Springs, and it's not but um. The Desert Hot Springs, Palm Springs, but it's yeah. the 10 runs right, right between, between it. Right. So we have split, land, right? yeah. And so we have an overpass being built and an underpass. Wow. So it'll be connected. Palm Springs side will stay mostly family with 
with franchise family type products over there. Mm-hmm. And then Mike's Desert Hot Springs side, which is across the freeway, will be the cannabis-friendly adult use. And you're going to have a, a hotel? There will be a there will be 180 high-end um, cabins or chateaus glamping, glamping. Um, and then a long lazy river in it. And he has a, a, about a half-acre <laughs> size pool. Land. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're planning to do out there. And it's literally only a couple of weeks or months away, so it really is Tomorrowland. That's yeah. cool. We have an event coming up in October, our next kind event, which will be about four times the size of our last one, which was oversold by 2,500 people. Yeah, that's, gonna be interesting. that's cool. So that's and, and, you know, slow grading is happening right now. It's building. I, Mike and I aren't real estate developers, so we are having to surround ourselves with a lot of bid, bidding real estate developers that we can pick from, and right. we have the best ones coming to us. So... That's uh, uh, we're doing all the entitlements, so we'll be ready to go once we decide on. So this is not a cheap project. Oh my gosh! How no. are you guys funding it? Well, we funded so far everything internally. We haven't taken any outside money. That's going to change. So mm-hmm. that's how we'll fund it. We'll have to go out for. Are you looking at institutional money, or would you prefer high net worth individuals? Both. I mean, it, it just depends. I think it's strategy. We like to know who we're in business with. I mean, we do have some peripheral partners. We do have some finance. They're friends of ours, so it wasn't like we had to raise money. We just said, who all wants to join the cause with us? And oh, yeah. I mean, they all Just this small group of people that we trusted came in, right. and now we're going to go out to people we don't know. But we want to be sure they're strategic and have more than just money because the money is not the problem in this business right no, now. No, it's the partnerships and the value, whether they be from a branding perspective or a hotel operating perspective. I get it. You, you, you want, it's not money. You want smart money. That's why in every, we have, Mike and I aren't the two smartest guys in that room. And that's the best way to. It's different smarts, right? So, well, you we have... hope so because we have the guy that ran Glasso and Vitamin Water. who mm-hmm. runs our water company inside of the Tyson. We have- And that's CBD water? That's CBD water and alkaline infused water and mm-hmm. other different types of products. His name is Bruce Nurensberg. He's a partner of ours. Okay. The guys that did the original George Foreman grill are running the copper gel, which is what kickstarted this thing off because- I love the copper gel, by the way. You gave me some the last time I was here. It's, it's really good stuff. So that same team went back together and just started blowing this up and it's done great on HSN. It's sold out every time it goes on, it's done. It sold out on Amazon. It is sold out, and now we're repackaging. And hopefully, we, by the end of the year—not hopefully, but we're just—we are projected to have it in 32,000 retail stores. Wow! So, and a lot of them are taking it. With, they want CBD big and bold on it. So that's even—and I'm talking about franchises. So this is really good, by the way. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> um, so you have a real good team running that. Then you go to our entertainment division. You bring in Joe Roth, who's probably the best producer alive right now i mean active producer mm-hmm. he produces all the big movies and he is uh, our entertainment hub so we have a lot of his work you know running that and jay stroman is doing our manufacturing we're the largest provider of cbd isolate manufacturing right now that we don't talk too much about into the public but this will be something that you can yeah have a well if you fresh want it in. you're more than welcome to let this one go but uh we are we have um we we are located in nashville with 200,000 square feet we're located in Henderson with about 50,000 square feet and in Colorado with another 100,000, 150,000 square feet of processing for two isolate for CBD. At and are, and you're white labeling that? Well, Do we're, you understand isolate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we kind of are. We're kind of just want to be the sugar that goes into everybody's sell, are ingredients. Are you selling the isolate to these are, others, yeah. right? So you're not, it's not 
Tyson's isolate. It's well, it's, isolate. It, we use our own isolate for our products, right? But we also have plenty of isolate for for others. Yes, and that's plenty a, to go around. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're becoming a supply manufacturing line that, that runs, but the awareness comes from Mike and this side. Right, and I saw you have a partnership with Planet. Planet 13 in Vegas, Not a partnership. Right? I, well, I think we should set the record straight. Okay, so please set the record straight. Yeah, the, we did a one-month exclusive with them to launch Tyson's product. Okay. Now, we they got a lot of publicity when we went on Jimmy Kimmel. They got a lot of publicity. So when we get behind a brand and you put Mike, you add Mike and his team, mm-hmm. it, they're really, you can go anywhere you want and sell and sell a whole lot of things. And so are you looking for other partnerships like that? We will, yeah, we will. Yeah. And we're not exclusive to Planet 13. Even though Planet 13 is buying about $400,000 worth of product a month. <laughs> and again, we're just a packaging company, so we had to endorse a, a grow, so Mike went around and scouted all the legal grows and checked out to find the best crops and said, do you guys wanna be my partner? All I can do is sell you this packaging and give you this contract, and that's what we've done. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's how we can grow in each one of these states. So we need the highest level quality tested state legal weed cannabis that's available and we'll consider packaging it. So in in Planet 13, and I don't know if you know this, but how does Mike's product sell versus other products? I mean, you know, there are lots of other guys. Wiz Khalifa has his own brand. Willie Nelson has his own brand. It's true, right? But it's not um, Tyson Ranch. Right. It's not Tyson Ranch. We're there, we're interacting with the people, we're there with our product, we're there with confidence and proof that we have the best product by us um, appearing with the product. Right. And, and Mike owns it. He's not licensed. Mm-hmm. He didn't license it. He owns it. He's, he and I were the founding partners, Mike Tyson and me, and then we brought everybody else along. So it's his company. So it's a lot different than saying, hey, I'm going to license out to these five different people. I'm going to do this. They have a say. He and his wife have a say in every move we make. It's a collective team. It's a family business almost. And our families are getting closer because of it. How do you like being a businessman? Hey, that's funny. Um, I love it. Hey. Oh, yeah. Well, Planet 13. So, yeah, we'll go out and do that more often. We'll I mean, go out and do, do deals like states? that. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Is we'll duplicate it. It's the only way we can grow because we can sell. Another country. That's yeah, other countries. That's exactly right. And that's one of the things we're starting to talk to is Europe. So when you were young, you started smoking. How, how old were you? I'm like 11 or 10 smoking weed and stuff. When my mother's friends used to let us smoke to make us go to bed. And now you own a weed company. Yes, this is true. Are there moments where it kind of trips you out? Where you're like, I cannot believe that my business is weed? All the time. Yeah, all the time. It's really um, I understand. I understand. Um, it's bigger than me because of the the medical use that is so um necessary for. And I um, when people think of me in a weed company, they think I'm a stone. I'm a pig and bloated and all that stuff. And they don't know that um, as far as the flowers concerned, I'm not in the you know the weed business. It sounds glamorous, but I'm really in the isolate business. Mm-hmm of the CBD business. Right. And are you also going to do a THC isolate? Absolutely. We'll probably do some cigarettes. I'm interested in doing some CBD cigarettes. Okay. And what about, um, like, the, 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 the THC side of it? Are you going to do that as well, or are you going to stick with CBD? With everything. With everything. Your wife is your partner. Yes, yes, yes. Where, where, like, who, you know, everybody has a swim lane, right? Like, you're really good at something, and she's really good at something. What would you say what your wife brings? Like, where is her strength? 
My wife's sensitivity is the strongest thing, and a consideration, and a fucking, um, it's a humbleness. Just a, like, in, for instance, I'm in a meeting with Jamie Foxx, and um, the, 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 the producers and the guys mm -hmm. that's going to do my life story. So we're doing this, this is yesterday, matter of fact. So we're in a meeting, and um, the consideration that she had for our other friend, Todd Phillips, that she is... Was, um, the director? Yes, yeah, she wanted Jamie to talk to Todd. You know what I mean? Is Jamie playing you? It appears to be he is, but she wanted Jamie, him to talk to Jamie so they could get an understanding and make sure this is going to be going because we're not going to hurt Todd. Todd is, our, is really a personal friend of ours and they have to work something out. It's going to be um, good for everyone. You know, you, you are a brand, right? I mean, you're a person first and foremost. Yeah, but I understand the brand's um, syndrome now. How, I understand that. How, how, do you, how do you think about... Look, your historic brand was the baddest man on the planet, right? You were the toughest motherfucker. Nobody... Yeah, and you are such a kind soul today. But how do you think about both exp making your brand bigger and then changing its perception to who the person you are today versus who you were in 1989? Let's not explain something like that. You know, most of the time, um, during the time I was fighting, it was almost impossible for me. A person with um, a, a movie, a, a commercial, or anything, wouldn't touch me with a 10-foot pole. But Fifth Avenue, they call them, they wouldn't touch me. My reputation was horrible. So now, things have happened. Most of those people were grown, were adults when I was a kid, 19, 20, 20. They were in their 50s and 60s. They're all gone. Now they're gone. Now. The people that really look at me now, they don't look at me as Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. Oh, fuck you, I eat your children. I'm, nobody can be, I'm invincible. Look at me, fear me as I bring purity of oblivion to your world. That's sick fucking psycho stuff. They look at me as the guy that's the hangover. They yeah. know me as that. The guy with the tattoo. They know me from that. They don't know me. I went to a, a high school in Phoenix and, and I, with my ego, this made me, this, oh, I got humbled. I went there, so I'm in the classroom and it's probably, 600 kids. I'm gonna I'm have to exaggerate. 600 kids. Right. Okay. So when I go there, I'm Mike Tyson. I'm gonna go on these kids. I love them. When I go there, there's a big giant screen there. And he's showing the kids pictures of me boxing. Tell them this is what I did. Man, that's the guy from the hangover. They don't know me from boxing. They know me from the hangover, the hangover in my one man show. So I'm watching these kids watch pictures of me fighting. And then one kid said, Yeah, I think my grandfather told me about you. <laughs> I said, oh, shit. I didn't say, oh, shit, I'm like, oh, shit. I need to start doing something. <laughs> they forgot me. These young, these high school kids forgot who I They didn't have they no idea they don't know boxing. that I was a boxer. Yeah. I mean, is, is boxing still viable versus MMA? No, I don't think so. But listen, if you're lucky enough to be the right boxer, you can make a lot of money, more than any sports figure on the planet. Yeah, you made half a billion dollars yeah. over your career, right? Yeah. That's the way these guys are making money now. So, you know, you grew up really poor. Yeah. And if you look at the history of boxing, it is a way for people who are really, really poor to get out, yeah. right? And you're starting to see guys from Latin America and bigger guys. Not you know, Latin Americans have always been lightweights or middleweights. You're seeing heavyweights and you're seeing guys from Asia come. Do you see a chance that there's going to be an Asian heavyweight champ? Anything's possible. <laughs> you know, nothing's yeah. impossible for anyone that tries. You know. You know it would be kind of cool if people start talking about where Mike 
is going too, because yeah. the, the stories of the old have been told. Yes. So much. So what's and everybody next? Everybody says. Everybody says, "Tell me about the tigers, and tell me about the pigeons, and tell me about." I think Mike. I'm. I feel bad for Mike for having to say it again and again and again because. Yeah, because everybody wants to hear it. But they heard it. It's what I'm. There's. There, it's going to be cool to get the interview in. They can start pulling in stuff that hasn't been heard. So, so tell me, you know, what does a year from now look like for you? Where are you going to be twelve months? Oh, you know, and all, in all due respect to God, hopefully alive. You know, fam alive. Fam alive. Um, praise be to God. Um, I'm gonna be really happy. I'm gonna be happy with my um, my spiritual growth and my my um, financial growth, my intellectual growth, my um, my business orientated growth, and I'm just gonna um, enjoy the yes, the pleasures of the gods. And with with. Tyson Ranch, right? Where are you going to be in a year from now? Is it going to be open? Yes, it'll be open. Um, I'll, I'll jump in to help them because some of that is out of our control. Right. The land is ours, free and clear. But to say our target date is 2020, it's a year and a half. Yeah. It will be open. Okay. And Mike and I are pretty good at getting our targets done. So. So what do you need to do to get from here to there? Well, we're just developing the plans right now. Then we got to go financing it. So okay. we'll be looking for the financing, but I think we're, we're we got a lot of people that would be interested in Can it. Can you give me a ballpark on what the entire cost of the project would be? Well, there's two sides to it. The side we're developing is Desert Hot Springs. We have a partner that wants to come in and build what Michael's talking about, the Aztec The, the family side. stuff? The family. It's more family and more, right. it's actually more spiritual in some ways, too, because it's built around the Indian theme. But on the, the Desert Hot Springs side, on the, the, the cannabis side, how much do you think the project is going to be? Are we talking half a billion dollars? Are we talking a couple much. hundred million? Yeah, I mean, it's fully developed it would be. But, but you're, there's also, there's a center that we're going to be collaborating with for Tyson University. So Mike will have a university of sorts. We Hopefully that will be the name because I think it would be cool. Um, and I think Even it... Scholarships. Yeah. And, and what, that's cool. Yeah. So what, are you, what kind of study are they going to be Well, we're there? dealing right now with NYU, right? Is that mm -hmm. NYU mm -hmm. and UCLA and West Virginia University. All of which... Are universities that we could get some form of curriculum that could go there. Mm -hmm. um, there's some stuff that I can't say yet, but you'll you'll see it in the press with people that are helping with that. Um, that 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 little thing is a will be a futuristic center that could cost a lot of money and mm -hmm. it could be put in by a lot of people. But that's still on our property on the Desert Hot Springs side. Then there's a the health and wellness center. Those are the last two pieces of that. So the first piece will be the glamping and the Lazy River with the big clubhouse and the smaller theater. We'll still be doing festivals, but we'll be doing them with pop-ups. We'll be doing them with trucks, not the stage. And then 2020 is when we'll have our, probably the beginning of the erection of this stadium that we're gonna be building. So, so you, the you glamping had, and everything. You just had the Kind Festival, right? Can you talk about what that was? You know, who, who played? Like, tell me you what- You put it on the, the screen. Yeah, we could put a little thing up, but yeah, but but, but uh, podcasts are audio. I I want to see this, but but the people who are listening can't. Well, if you see, you give, give a good um, presentation. Yeah, maybe you could actually describe what you're seeing. I'll do that. That'd be kind of cool. So, how many people went? It, we only had five thousand tickets that we were, we could sell because of the size of it, no. which I'll show you. First, I'll just show you an overview of the size. So this is just how it looks. You gotta see it in order to explain it. Did you have fun? I had a, I was just so amazed. When I, when I was enjoying it, all I was thinking, how can I make it bigger? How can I make it better? Can you hand me that remote right there? Yeah. 
you know, there, do, is it that like you just want more and more fun, yeah. and more people to, yeah. to get well, it? Well, how would a hundred thousand people look here? Like Coachella or Burning yeah. Man. Have you ever been to Burning Man? No, I was going to so, go one day, but I, I didn't make it. This but. is just an overview of the land. So this is, um, this could hold okay. permitted 5,000 people. So we ended up 7,500 people. So I'm looking at a square that has got uh, a stage at one end. You've got tents and others and a nice little Ferris wheel in the back. It looks like it's on AstroTurf. There's a great picture of Mike, Mike's wife, and Rob cutting a, a ribbon. Isn't that all green, man? Everything around there. That, so the next one will be five times the size of that. So That's that what we're held 5,000 people. Yeah, 7,500 actually. 7,500. But it was four or 5,000. Okay, and, and who played? Uh, ASAP. Ethan Ferg, Miguel play, some local guys. Some really good. That's cool. Did you go on the Ferris wheel? No, I didn't have the opportunity. I think I'm going to go next time. You got to get, I mean, this is your thing, man. You got to get to do everything. I was nervous. It was my first time. Right. There's too many people. I apprehensive, so. Did you go out in the crowd at all? And how did people react when they see you? Or did they not know who well, you were? They, they did, but it got a little overwhelming. So I tried to stay away from them, but it, it's just, it was happening. It just was happening. So for the next, when is the next one going to be? This Thanks. is October, I believe. Right, Rob? Next one in October? October. And when are tickets going to go on sale? Well, we're still lining up. We, he's looking at Martine. I like that shot right there. That one. Look at that. So that's all of our land, all the way to those trees back there. On the other well, side right, of the So what I'm looking at, on you've got the 10 freeway in the middle. In the foreground, you've got it's desert with the event space. And in the background, it's more desert. And it's probably, what, 300 acres? 450 acres. 450 acres. And, and, and that's a nice little sly grin there. Like, Beautiful. Yeah. And that's free and clear, no debt. That, so now I'm Now this at, is at the event. Oh, man, that looks like so much fun. You'll be at the next one. Thank you. So, were, now were you guys, was there Tyson product available there? Yeah, we had a license. We were only licensed in the United States that you're allowed to smoke and consume alcohol on. We got that license. Wow. That's cool. Oh my God. My kids would go nuts for this. I'll send it to you. Would you? I would love that. You gotta get Migos next time. Oh, that's oh yeah. Show yeah. him what we're going to do next time. Martine. Yeah, he didn't have a scene. Have you seen this guy? Martine. This looks like, oh, you had the, the, the pods. Uh, oh, tons of them. Look. That's yeah, cool. Pod garden. Yeah, so I'm looking. They've got the, um, the, the moon pod bean bags, hundreds of them laid out for people to lay on. It's really, this is, looks like so much fun. And this is your thing. How cool did that feel that this, you gave this much joy to this many people? I wanted to get more to yeah, it didn't. It wasn't fulfilling for neither of us. I don't think we're not oh, fulfilled. More. Yeah, it's never enough. I think we're now we're in it, and we're in it to really. We just know there's bigger and better, and I think we both have the same. His is in his way, and my and my way are thinking and the I exact always, same way. I was always thinking from the perspective. I was saying, wow, it'd probably be how we got to get the entertainers. So we got to you know have relationships with these entertainers. Then I saw this guy. The DJ guy said, this is beautiful. Why don't we put Rave here? That'd be cool. And these guys are world famous. They got thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers. And they follow them anywhere in the world. Do you feel like you guys are being chased? Like you're, you have to run as fast as you can because there's others that are running just as fast? 
with that. Never I think that. I don't either. I no. I matter of fact, I'm happy to show everybody exactly the food. Go ahead, try to do what we've done. I, that's all. I, I challenge people. So you know, a lot of the people who I talk <laughs> sounds to sounds arrogant. Huh? No, not at all. It doesn't sound. But arrogant. I kind of do because I know they couldn't. So you know, the biggest news in cannabis the last week or so was Acreage Holdings, the big you know multi-state operator getting bought by Canopy Growth for. billion. And in California, there are lots of these big public cannabis companies. You guys are playing in a completely different space, right? You're making, you are just forging your own path. You don't have any traffic when you make your own path. You have nobody to compete with when you make your own path. But these guys got so much money. How, how do you, how do you, do you see them as partners, competition, or just not relevant? I don't look at anybody as, I don't look at anybody, you know, I look at, at all of us as entrepreneurs, businessmen, and we're all out here doing our best. Yeah, what we have the game in here yesterday, you were, the guy has his own brand line. We Here, we'll endorse it. Mm-hmm. It's called co-opetition. Not competition anymore. You co-op with your own. There's no reason. There's plenty. People are going to pick what they want. Learn from each other and do the best you can. There's plenty of room in the space. The people that are best organized and best business practices are put in from the beginning will be the winners. You're still competing with a lot of people from the marijuana dark black market, right? Yeah. That's so you kind of think they're business savvy and every deal you do with them, they're trying to convert and we want to help them. Right. But they don't always see it our way either. But, what about the, but I'm actually thinking about the legal market now, right? Because there, you know, the overall cannabis market in the U.S. is like between 75 and 100 billion, and only 10 billion is legal. But 10 billion is still a lot of money, right? You're talking about big public companies that have multi-billion-dollar market capitalizations and have war chests of hundreds of millions of dollars, and you guys are all competing for the same consumer. Well, we can't compete for the same consumer. It's impossible because we have the best product. There's no comparison, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no equal. They, 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 don't put, they don't put the hundreds of people we put to work to go mm-hmm. find the best product in every region and okay. say we want to help you guys and promote that. the world. We search for all the greatest strengths. And with Mike, mm-hmm. think about it. I don't go in as me. I go in as representing Mike. Mm-hmm. And we can't have a lot of people representing Mike because that would dilute Mike. So it's very select. I mean, we are. I'm in a little fraternity of three, maybe, right? <laughs> right. And I get to say I'm Mike Tyson's partner, and but that what, what changes. What was the initiation the... into that fraternity like? I'm teasing. Uh, it's a bad I don't joke. Know. He punched me in the head once. <laughs> Ooh. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No punching. We said. So, so we were. Ta- let's talk. Like, what's five years look like for you, Rob? What do you think the company? This company. Is in five listen, years? I believe we will see opportunities to exit our business in manufacturing and. I don't want to give up some of the stuff we want to see through, so I think it's just it'll be our option. But within the next couple of years, we'll have big exits available, and we all want to do things that we'd like to do too, which we really like doing this. So I can't see doing anything else. So that's where this is going to come in. It depends on Mike's what he. I mean, it's it's a collaborative effort. If he wants to go, we go. What do you want to do for the next five years? How do you want to spend the rest of your life? I'm more than five years, but how do you want to spend the next, you know, five, ten years in, in terms of business? Inventing new products, inventing new CBD cigarettes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? With, um, with a product that has the taste of tobacco but doesn't have the damage that tobacco does and the nicotine does, but it still has the same taste. Coming from that perspective. Okay. Cool. And we talked to a guy who has that technology up in Silicon Valley today, just about what he just wanted. 
The guy is able to mask and change flavorings without all the carcinogens. He worked for Blue, the e-vape pen. All digitalized and electronic. Amazing what these guys are coming up with. That'd be the state of the art. That'd be the first thing that we did. We thought that up. Dope. I, think I don't know if they planned it already, but that's something we thought of. We, they planned it ahead of us. They didn't let us know. Yes. So your CBD product is available now? Yes. And, and what about the THC the product? In, uh, available in areas where, where it's it is. So do you have licensed partners in in Massachusetts? or And would you look for that? Yes, we're going to, yeah. So okay. yeah, right now we have our... CBD snuff. That's brilliant. That's a really, or like, uh, that? that's what I chew. Yeah. That's what, yeah, it's like chewing so tobacco, smart. right? Exactly. That's a really good idea. It would be so good. So you're, you are looking for brand partners in, not in brands. The, I don't want, I, I, not brand partners, but, yeah. but partners that want, yeah. that want Mike's branding and Mike's, Mike's power behind their brand because some of their brands just need some help and we can help with that. Okay. You know, I mean, it, it's again, if we can empower more people, it's it just, I, I see us rolling up a lot of companies. That's kind of how I see our growth happening over the next two years on the manufacturing side. Do you That's ever our have plans goal. to go public? It's funny you say that. We just, yes, we, a portion of our company may. Only on the NASDAQ, though, we wouldn't do it another way. Only on the NASDAQ? You wouldn't go on the no, CSE? but we already have an opportunity. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. That is awesome. Get Mike to ring the bell that day. Uh, well, you push the button at the NASDAQ, right? But he can still fakely ring something. We'll get yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you go to the, it's so cool. Yeah. It's not, I've done it. I've been there a bunch of times, and Me it too. is a really unique experience. Or go, go on the New York Stock Exchange, <laughs> and, go and then ring, you get to yeah, ring the yeah, bell. Yeah, that's what we'll go. And we'll get you, get you from there and put you right on CNBC. Yeah. All right, I've taken enough of your time. I really appreciate it. So, hey, guys, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. A special thanks to Iron Mike Tyson for spending time with me. I really appreciate the generosity he showed. Um, Mike can be found on Instagram at Mike Tyson. And most importantly, you can learn all about Tyson Ranch at exactly that, TysonRanch.com. As always, if you want to chat with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at KCSA underscore cannabis. Or you can drop us an email at GreenRush at KCSA.com. And please don't forget to subscribe to The Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. That was one take, Shay. One take.